Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy, sports editor for the Frisco Enterprise, Little Elm Journal, and Salina Record, as well as Taylor Raglan, who does sports for the Planner Star Courier, Allen American, and the Lake City Sun. And gentlemen, let's keep talking football. We are down to our last 5A district as part of our ongoing series of, uh, of high school football preview podcasts in anticipation of the upcoming season, in anticipation of the uh, the upcoming release of our sixth annual gridiron preview which is our all market football tab we've done it the past uh, this is the sixth year we've done this it covers every single high school that we cover throughout the season 10 districts almost 50 high schools extensive team district previews games to watch player spotlights schedules you name it um it'll be rolling out i guess what thursday a week from today will be the first uh, yeah, i guess the soon. first set of uh, gridiron previews to drop so um obviously uh, yeah very much excited to always get that out and disseminate that to y'all it's our gift to you the uh, the loyal devout high school football fans so um we've been um you know obviously over the past few weeks we've been going district by district previewing um stuff for the upcoming season like i said we are down to our final uh, 5a district then we're going to segue into 6a over these next over the next week and a half um but today we're going to discuss district 7 5a division 2 we talked division 1 7 5a on monday hopefully it's not too confusing but um yeah 7 5a d2 is the topic for today as a refresher that district contains the four smallest first ISD schools, so uh, Frisco High, Frisco Reedy, and then the two newcomers, uh, Memorial and Lebanon Trail, both in their first years as varsity programs. Uh, joining those four schools in this district are Lake Dallas, Lovejoy, Denton Braswell, Princeton, and Denison. Um, so as we have done for um, you know for all of these districts, we're going to focus primarily on the schools that fall within our coverage area. So in the case of this district, we'll talk a lot about those four Frisco schools, plus Lake Dallas and Lovejoy. We're going to go, um, you know, school by school, talk a little, um, kind of what the uh, the biggest storyline is for each program heading into the season, plus kind of our general outlook right now, sight unseen, before the first game even kicks off, kind of where do we see each of these schools finishing, whether it's in the district pecking order, do we see any of them making a deep playoff run, and so forth, and then um, we're going to, you know, look at a couple district-wide discussions, you know, we're each going to pick one significant game to watch on the district schedule this year, and then at the very end, we're, all three of us are going to give our, um, our top four standings predictions, which four teams do we see making the playoffs so let's start um let's start frisco isd we can start with i feel like all right so the way that uh, i think i mean who knows oh this is all on paper we haven't seen any of these teams actually play a game yet but it feels like at least looking at these uh, this district and just kind of the uh, the general landscape it does feel like this could very well wind up being kind of a three-team race for that top spot um so let's awesome. for the sake of delayed gratification let's Work in a reverse order. Let's start with um, you know, those uh, I guess the you know Frisco High Memorial and Lebanon Trail. You it's, know, it's like you read my mind because I was going to start with Frisco. <laughs> you know, they've been a powerhouse in Frisco for so long. You know, playoffs year in and year out. You know, you can guarantee seven or eight wins. Even two years ago, they were eight and three, mm-hmm. made the playoffs. 
Last year they would go zero and ten. Yeah. What happened? You know, you got to think they're losing some of their players. Yeah. To, this is where this to, is where having too many schools in Frisco yeah. can kind of be a yeah. bummer because Frisco has uh, has you know taken the biggest hit on that. You know, and not just football, but in sports like volleyball, where they've been a powerhouse. When I first started working here last year, they took a little bit of a hit also, losing some kids to Reedy and Lebanon Trail and just different various schools in Frisco. It's crazy. I don't know how they determine where they go. There's just so many schools now. But you know, last year they go zero and ten, major down year. But Coach Vance Gibson who's been there forever, mm-hmm. uh, he told me that the program has been at a, uh, the buy-in is at an all-time high, okay. which is, you know, saying a lot. You know, mm-hmm. go, coming from an 0-10 season, they returned 10 starters from last year. And, you know, this is a good opportunity in this Division Two now in 5A to bounce back and, you know, get a couple, maybe a few uh, district wins under their belts, you know. I'm not saying 11 on trail Memorial are guaranteed wins, but now you have some teams that coming up from 4A that aren't mm-hmm. used to 5A like yeah. Princeton and stuff like that. So, you know, Frisco could very easily go from a winless year to three, maybe four wins uh, right off the bat this year in, in the new district. One thing that is always going to work in Frisco's favor, I think, is that they run such an unorthodox offense. The wing tee yeah. is you hardly ever see that at the high school level anymore. It's such a difficult offense to prepare for if you're just not used to seeing that sort of thing. And uh, It's one thing when you're coming from a district like they were in 13-5A where all those Frisco schools, all those coaching staffs have seen that offense time mm-hmm. and time again and they know what to expect, how to plan for it. But when you go into a brand new district, it's going to be a lot of these schools that are going to be seeing the wing tee for the very first time having to scheme against that and I think that could that could maybe you know whether it I don't know how many wins it'll equate to but it could you know maybe you know from a uh, competitiveness standpoint at least help for us go out a little bit there yeah it's interesting they run the ball a lot I, I remember even two years ago when they were eight and three when they played Lone Star mm. and they gave Lone Star fits and when they had Jason Shelley and all that I think they threw the ball like four times or something like that off the top of my head and I was like man this is nuts this is crazy how is, how is this working you know it's such an old school concept you know you have an old school coach the oldest school in Frisco has been around for 80 years or however long it's been some long know, time crazy long time so you know it's maybe fitting that they run an old school style offense but it's been working didn't really work last year and uh, I see them sticking with it this year and oh yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah for sure they're, they're married to that offense yeah. for now um, ultimately uh, how do you kind of see the raccoon season panning out do you think it'll be enough to squeak into you know that fourth spot for the playoffs or kind of what do you kind of project for them it depends what Denison and Princeton do I mean I don't know too much about them I'm sure you have something to say about them and, and whatnot I've never seen them play uh, I know Princeton uh, had played Salina the last couple years yeah. Salina beat them once Princeton beat them two years ago so we'll see it may be a variation of Frisco Princeton Denison maybe Braswell who knows they're an up-and-coming team just like Reedy who just recently had seniors in there uh, on their enrollment so you know this district is all newcomers you know, in school-wise, you know, opening its doors for the first time or for in the first couple years or newcomers to 5A. So this is just a really, really interesting district in general. Mm-hmm. So then let's um, let's quickly hit on then, I guess, the um, I guess the two uh, two newcomers to this district, two schools that literally making their varsity debuts, <laughs> getting thrown right into that Class 5A fire with Memorial and Lebanon Trail. Um, I mean, from a, just a general storyline standpoint, it feels like it's these two programs kind of overlap. So just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, both of these both of these schools and what they're, what kind of forecast they're looking at this season? I know nothing about these two teams, so I'm <laughs> um, not <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. So, Lebanon Trail, they've had a JV team for the past two years. Yeah. They went eight and two on their JV team last year, so it shows some promise. You know, they 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 could make some noise in in on the varsity level without seniors, but I won't say that uh, too loud. Memorial. God bless them. It's going to be tough because they're opening the doors for the first time this this fall. Mm-hmm. You no, know, this month. Um, 
No seniors there. Only three guys, uh, Coach Roberson told me, have any varsity experience. Wow. One of them, is, one of them is Matt Sanders, who we, we saw a little bit at Heritage last mm-hmm. year. Got thrown into the fire when Amari Jones was hurt. Played a little bit of quarterback. Played a little bit of receiver. He slotted to play quarterback for Memorial this year. So you know it helps that you have a, at least a quarterback with varsity experience uh, there. But you know we'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll surprise some folks. And you know. A little teaser for our games to watch. You know, someone's got to win at 11 on Trail <laughs> Memorial. So one of those teams isn't going to go in. So. It's not like that maybe initially you feel like Lebanon Trail's got a little bit of a head start, though, just based on that previous year of JV experience. Yeah, they, you know, they've been open for two years now. This will be their third year. So they've had freshmen, you know, the guys that are juniors now have been with that program mm-hmm. since they were freshmen with Coach Jackson. So it's not like, you know, they're, they just met in spring ball like Memorial did. So Lebanon Trail has the upper hand by far. Mm-hmm. You know, they have, you know, established position players established quarterback in Lucas Rex and, and you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if Lebanon Trail you know causes fits for teams like Roswell or maybe even Frisco we'll mm-hmm. see one thing about them just those two and I think that just kind of makes this play a little bit trickier is just the fact that being in a nine-team district you're only afforded two non-district games so whereas you otherwise you know like in a you know in a you know a 17 district or a 16 mm-hmm. district, you get extra non-district games you can schedule opponents that are a bit you know closer to you know a bit more I don't know if you're you know how many uh, you know circumstances there are akin to like what a memorial how many programs in the Metroplex are earning their first years on varsity but it's a little bit more preferable than you know getting just two non-district games right. to try to iron out the kinks and then immediately having to jump right into the district schedule. I mean, I'm not sure what their schedule looks like if it's you know if it's top heavy or if it's kind of where they you know where they play the uh, you know the powerhouses in the district. But it is worth noting that it's it is kind of a bummer you just get two non-district games to prepare for for this district. Well, Memorial is going to get a wake-up call from the very first non-district game of the season oh, because they play Salina. <laughs> okay, so well, granted they're four A, yeah. you know they have a way smaller enrollment than mm-hmm. Memorial. Yeah. But Salina has been doing this for a very long time and. It could be an eye opener for Memorial. We'll see. Uh, and you know, I might have to cover that game. <laughs> might be uh, might be another tease there. I might have to show up there at Toyota Stadium for uh, Memorial's very first game against Salina. Then let's uh, let's shift gears, Taylor, and talk about about um, a school that you'll be covering throughout this season. The uh, the Lovejoy Leopards. Sure. Lovejoy had a uh, had a, f- a unique season last year. With yeah. the, uh, we've mentioned it before on yep. the podcast. The 0-5 to five and five, and making the second round of the playoffs. Right. And now on, um, but yeah, kind of uh, you know we we envision the Leopards kind of working their way into that that top three mix just kind of talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how Lovejoy is looking heading into the season what the biggest storyline is out there well I think there's two big storylines the first one is that you lose bumper pool all name team first of all but also an SEC talent um, that's departing all name Hall of Fame right there. yeah so you, you lose him from the linebacker core and, and that's um, even the players that I've talked to have said that you know you don't replace bumper pool and and kind of the general vibe of the team as a whole has been um, we're a team without a bumper pool type guy. We're a team that is much more, you know, a, a group of guys working together and, and kind of pulling the same direction. Um, not the most talented team, um, all that kind of stuff. Those are literally the words I believe Carson Collins used, you know, that, you know, teams are going to have more talent than us. Um, teams are going to, you know, just be flashier than us, but but nobody's going to outwork us. And that's kind of the attitude that, mm-hmm. that they've all kind of taken. So, with Bumper Pool gone, um, the linebacker core will, will kind of be a microcosm of that. Coleman Christensen uh, will will lead the way. He's a senior. Um, he is no Bumper Pool, and he would tell you that himself. Um, but he's a good, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a good leader. Um, and, and like I said, it's kind of a microcosm of the team. It's going to be, you know, three or four guys working together in that linebacker core to, you know, combine to kind of replace the production mm-hmm. of Bumper Pool. They're not going to have Bumper, 
but they're going to have you know some guys that that are filling their roles and, and doing the best of their ability to, to work together and kind of make up for that lost production. Uh, one one place they won't lose production is quarterback as Carson Collins yeah. comes back, uh, which is kind of the second big storyline for them. Um, he told me that he has literally never felt better uh, as far as his knee goes. So uh, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, what else is he going to say heading up to the season? He's not going to say. That's whether it's high school or yeah, college right. or pro. That's a common I mean, refrain. Yeah. He's not. He's not going to say, "Yeah, my knee still sucks." And, and this, is gonna, my life. this is going to be bad. But I mean, he did have surgery for the first time on. He said it's an injury that's nagged him for four or five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's worn a knee brace um, and had to kind of play through it just, you know, for literally his entire high school career up to this point. What was his injury? Um, he didn't go into specifics on what it was, but it was just something that was really nagging and something that um, obviously you could play through. He played through it last year, uh, but wasn't 100%. So finally underwent surgery this offseason on it. Um, now he say he said, I, I don't wear a brace. I don't, I don't have any discomfort. I feel 100% confident in it for the first time. Uh, and he said that's probably going to translate for him him to, uh, you know, maybe running the ball a little bit more, a different angle of attack, and, and not necessarily them knowing that, or defense is knowing that, you know, he's going to drop back and, and pass because he's got no, you know, strength in his knees, so it's kind of the district of the quarterback, I'd say, especially with those those, those top, top three, three teams. Yeah. Um, they all really have a, a, a pretty elite uh, prep school talent under center, uh, Collins being no obse- exception, um, and he brings back some weapons around him, too. Yep. Uh, Rainey's back at quarterback, I mean at running back. Um, and, and just in general, they return, I think, 12 starters. So. Who replaces Van Wagner? Who's, didn't he commit to TCU, Chase Van Wagner? They've got a few. Um, what is it? Um, I don't know if I forget some names, but um, I know Bo Ivanelli is a key mm-hmm. starter for them. Jacob Terwilliger. Jacob Terwilliger seems like, and Bo Ivanelli actually, uh, when I was out at their practice earlier this week, it was in the indoor facility mm-hmm. uh, due to some inclement weather. Um, but they were running routes uh, with Collins under center, and, and I was actually really impressed by by Ivanelli and, and kind of the crispness of, of his route running and, and kind of his athleticism. So I think he'll have a bigger role for sure. Terwilliger coming back uh, had a pretty big role last year, but will once again be a, a favorite target. Um, so, you know, there, there's no shortage of talent, uh, but it, it, I think I kind of agree with, with Collins in that they don't really have a superstar, but they're just generally they're just generally solid. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, they're, they're going to kind of be who they are. They're going to work hard. They're going to show up, and they're going to compete with pretty much everybody. I don't know if it'll be enough to, you know, win a district title. Um, but, the, you know, who knows? If, if a team like that, you know, gets all moving in the same direction, sometimes, um, you know, motivation or, or uh, you know, desire is a funny thing. Mm-hmm. So... I think they they have enough talent to make some noise, and once you get in the playoffs, I mean, you really never know. So, Lake Dallas, the Lake Dallas Falcons, um, they're a team that, as far as kind of the overarching storyline for them, there's not really any like glaring personnel related storylines. They bring back 15 starters, eight yep. on offense, seven on defense, um, and of any kids that they graduate, it's just like a you know a, a void here there. It's right. not like they lost; they had one unit just pillaged by graduation and whatnot. Right. I think the the storyline for them that's kind of gone been on my radar actually since dating back all the way to the spring when I'm just looking back on kind of what they did last year. Are they going to be as successful in close games right. as they were last season? Um, last season was by all accounts you know another great year for Lake Dallas seven and five record made it to the second round of the playoffs finished second in District 14 
5A. Of those seven wins, four of them came by an average of seven points, um, including, you know, probably the hallmark win of the season, that 37-34 by district win over Reedy. They also had really close games against the Colony, Frisco Centennial, the game of the year, as far as I'm concerned, um, and Little Elm. Um, of those four wins, um, so here's where things get dicey, Lake Dallas trailed in the fourth quarter during three of them. And in the fourth, the other game, which was against the Colony, they led by just three points in right. the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, this is a team that really thrived in close quarters, and you wonder just how much that can carry over if the law of averages mm -hmm. might catch up with you at some point. Because I think it's fair to say that at least of those, um, the perceived top three teams in the district, Lake Dallas, Reedy, Lovejoy, that... Um, those eight three games, you know, regardless of the matchup, they're probably going to be very competitive, very back and mm -hmm. forth. I don't see any one of those teams just running the other off right. the field. So that's where you kind of wonder if, you know, when pressed into close quarters, once again, is Lake Dallas going to be able to replicate the success they had last year? Um, there is something to be said, though, for the experience that they do have back. Like I said, they got 15 starters back, um, so it's players who are plenty comfortable with being in those situations. Important roles, I think, too, I think, oh, yeah, is, yeah, is part of it. Everything from, you know, starting quarterback, mm -hmm. Ryan Depperschmidt, you know, the lead running back, Kylie Smith, um, their lead receiver, Brandon Engel, and then, you know, defensively, they've got, you know, six of their top eight tacklers back, right. you know, led by Jared Fenley and Daryl Miner, their top two sack leaders, uh, D.L. Roberson and Telenio Evans, players who are comfortable with, mm -hmm. you know, with, you know, who, you know, went through that fire last year and were key in, you know, in helping, you know, bring that, uh, that, that clutch, yeah. <laughs> that clutch factor into, a, you know, into fruition last year. So, um, there's something to be said for that experience, because I think after a while, you do develop kind of that that mental fortitude and knowing how to not really you know budge in those right. situations. So I think that could you know be something that works to their advantage. But like I said, just something worth uh, worth noting last year. Just yeah. like Dallas's penchant for winning close games remains to be seen. Just how um, you know how much carryover there um, you know that is heading into the season because that's could very well be the difference between you know getting the first seed, second oh, yeah. seed, third, third seed. seed. When you look at potential playoff matchups, yep. that can be uh, a massive difference. Yeah, um, so as far as their outlook though, I mean I think it is you know I you know would anticipate them finishing somewhere within that top three. Mm -hmm. um, don't know if they'll win a district title. Don't know if they'll finish third place. But I think a top three seed is um, is, a, is a fair is a fair projection for them. And then once you get to the playoffs, I mean, like I said, all bets are off. I was looking over the um, you know the uh, the Texas High School Coaches Association and their regional preseason poll. And then for five A Division two Region two, which is the Lake Dallas region, um, the uh, the neighboring district eight five A Division two four um, four teams from that district were ranked in the top ten of that regional poll. Kaufman, Ennis, North Forney, and Corsicana. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's um, no no easy matchup there. So that's why I said. I mean, the higher seed you can finish, sure. the better. Um, let's look at um. Let's look. Let's round this out to look at. Sorry, do you have a question? No, no, no. I was gonna transition into Reedy. Let's so, let's talk you know, Reedy, man. Let's talk the, uh, those Reedy Lions. The team that knocked Reedy out of the playoffs. You know, kept them from winning their first ever playoff game in school history last Monsters. year. Uh, Coach Chad Cole. He thinks Reedy can do it this year. He mm -hmm. thinks they can win their first playoff game in in school history. But you gotta think Lake Dallas kind of has that mental edge over Reedy going into this year. You know, knowing that hey. Y'all had this great yeah. year, y'all were awesome, and then y'all go in the playoffs and we beat y'all. Well, know, there's also, game. I think Reedy, as far as scheduling goes, within the district, got the short the short end of the stick this year, because they have to go on the road to both Lovejoy and Lake Dallas, yeah. whereas I think mm -hmm. Lovejoy is home for both and Lake Dallas splits, but Reedy has to go to both for their district matchups, mm -hmm. which, you know, you know, can be a big deal, maybe not, but it's definitely, you yeah. know, it's it's not preferable when you have to, the two out of the top three get to at least host yeah. you. What kind of crowd does Reedy have? Well, it depends the venue because you know mm -hmm. Frisco has the three different venues at the right. Star and, and Toyota and 
and FISD. So it really just depends. I feel like things get louder at the star, yeah. you know, in clothes right. and whatnot. Things are kind of not as raucous at Toyota. Mm -hmm. Everything's so spread out. So it really just depends. You get more of that traditional Friday night feel at FISD Memorial. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that home will that home and away thing will right. factor too much. If anything, they'll be more battle tested mm -hmm. when they make the playoffs because yeah. it's safe to say Reedy will make the playoffs in this district, oh, yeah. barring Definitely. any crazy yeah. injuries yeah. And, or you know sidetracks, anything like that. But it, how crazy is it that the top three projected teams also have you know three of the top quarterbacks in the area? Yep. You know Josh Foskey, you know he's. He's phenomenal. Uh, he had his stats pulled up right in front of me. Uh, I mean, you can just look he, at the, the he, Lake Dallas game even. Yeah, and the thing with him is he doesn't turn the ball over. That was the the pride that, you know, Chad Cole would tell me all last season. You know, Reedy just does not turn the ball over. He only threw four interceptions. Uh, he threw the ball 315 times. So this is the opposite of Frisco uh, high. You know, they really aired the ball out. He threw for over 2,600 yards, 24 touchdowns, just four picks. And I think some of those came late in the year. A lot of them were in the Lake Dallas game. I think. Yeah, At yeah. At least two of them, if not three, were in the Lake. Exactly. He, so yeah. halfway through the season, when I met up with the team, did a big story on them, he hadn't thrown an interception. Yeah. And so that's that's his deal. He's just a, a smart... Thanks, Brian. Well, now, he, <laughs> now he's going to throw 20 interceptions. But no, he, he'll be fine. He's... He's a smart kid. He doesn't run. He has the capability to run with the football, but they don't like him to. You know, right. they like to keep him safe in the pocket. They had a good runner in Justin Gibson last year. He's graduated, so there's some question marks there. But they have a really good offensive line led by Isaiah Floyd, who's getting a lot of Division One offers. Mm -hmm. This this Reedy team is is pretty stout. They have Nolan Matthews, yep. Arizona State commit, yeah. tough mm -hmm. matchup. Yeah, he's you know six five, six yeah. six, uh, standout on the basketball team. So there he's he'll be a heavy target for yeah. for Josh Foskey and a tough matchup nightmare for any opposing defender. Right. Yeah, well, we've got a uh, to look at a team by team, kind of what to expect for this upcoming season. We have a couple more uh, district wide subjects to discuss, and we will get to those in a moment after a word from this sponsor. Today's Student Athlete Spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And let's round out our discussion as we continue to preview District 75A Division 2 in anticipation of the upcoming football season. We have just gone team by team talking about the local teams that we'll be covering throughout the season from this district. Let's talk game to watch. We're each going to pick one game that jumps out on the uh, on the district schedule. Just talk a little bit about that. Taylor. Game to watch. Sure. Go. Uh, well, it came down to to three choices, and they were all just the combinations of Reedy, Lovejoy, and Lake Dallas playing one another. Yeah. Uh, but I think the one that, that I'm going to go with is it's pretty early, September 14th. That Reedy is a goes district opener. Yeah, Reedy goes to Lake Dallas, so you know right off the bat, yeah. uh, pretty early, uh, as early as it gets. District test for for those two teams. Uh, we've already kind of touched on you know the playoff game last season, 37-34 win for Lake Dallas. Um, Ryan Deversmith and John. Josh Foskey both went insane. I think Foskey threw for 453 and three touchdowns or something. Depperschmidt had like four total scores. Yep. Um, so just immediately couldn't ask for a better matchup to, to open district play and, and get things rolling and, and have a preview of, of what I think at least, I mean, we'll get to this in a minute, could be for the district title. Literally that first week of district play could determine, um, you know, who wins the, 
district title if, if things shake out like a lot of people think they will. So um, I, we touched on also that you know Reedy has to go both to Lake Dallas and Lovejoy. So I mean, if they're gonna you know win the district title and, and prove that that doesn't bother them, there's probably not a better way than than going to Lake mm -hmm. Dallas week one and, and trying to uh, avenge their by district loss last year. So um, kind of a slam dunk game to watch for me as far as that goes. I'm sure I'll be out there for that one and. and uh, give a, a great early look at maybe how things are going to shake out. You wonder how much that game is going to be impacted by being just during the third week right. of the regular yeah. season because it's fair to say that both teams probably are not going to be in tip-top shape by then right. you know, since you've just had those two non-district games to, to sharpen things out. Right. So, you know, it's it's if this game was maybe in mid to late October, maybe you're getting something a little bit different from an on-field product. But obviously, when you factor in that if these are, in fact, the two teams that wind up finishing, you know, first yeah. and second in the mm -hmm. district, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fair to say, yeah, whoever wins that game is probably going to at least have the inside track on winning the district It's nice, title. too, because, well, not nice, but, but to your point, the other two games between, just to mention, um, Lake Dallas... Uh, goes to Lovejoy October 26th, so really late, you know, season district implications, and Reedy goes to Lovejoy, uh, Lovejoy October 12th. So it's the only one between those those that trio of teams at the top that's going to happen quite that early. So you know, it's it might be literally who shows up that early. Me, you, and Justin talked about that last week on the mm -hmm. podcast. You know how the the first couple games of the season and then maybe the last game of the season aren't necessarily the best. You know, so maybe at the beginning of the year, some teams aren't fully prepared. They're still kind of right. working things out. Mm -hmm. Last game of the year playoff implications could be off the table so you know maybe not team teams are maybe not rolling out all their stops all their yeah. guys and whatnot that but that mid-october those mid-october mm -hmm. matchups are usually you know the best high school football because you know teams are really fighting tooth and nail for you know for the, mm -hmm. the home stretch of the season so yeah like for all intents and purposes we could have picked any one of those three matchups as being the potential game to oh, watch yeah. in the new schedule but that would be boring and predictable so <laughs> brian where did you land on your, your game to watch september 28th lebanon trail against memorial like i said in our first segment someone has to win and i you know nothing to discredit these two teams but i'm just stating the obvious that there are no seniors on the roster and that's a big big deal in football yeah. look at a senior compared to a sophomore or even a sometimes senior and a junior a, some of these guys bulk up it's a 15 know, year old kid going up against a 17 or 18 exactly kid, yeah. you know some of these guys in the offseason going into their senior year you know they bulk up 20 25 pounds like mm -hmm. it's nothing so it's going to be sometimes men amongst boys in some of these games. And I'm, I'm not saying neither of these teams have a chance to do anything. I'm just saying it'll, it'll be tough, mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a contact, very physical sport like football. Uh, and, you know, Lebanon Trail Memorial, it could be. I'm not saying they're, you know, both of them are going to go winless against the rest of the district. Mm -hmm. But this could be the best chance for, you know, them one side or the other to uh, to get a district win. And it's early in the, in the season, September 28th, you know. Who knows? Whichever side wins that game gets a little confidence, right. keeps the ball rolling, and who knows what will happen. Well, we touched on the last uh, half of the podcast. Um, no, their schedules being you know top heavier and loaded. Lebanon Trail actually has to play, I believe, in the last three weeks, both Reedy and Lake Dallas. So you know, if Lebanon Trail goes out and wins that Memorial game, mm -hmm. uh, maybe gets a little confidence, then not necessarily play spoiler, but help them be a little more competitive. And it seems like they maybe have a leg up having played JV mm -hmm. and, and that sort of thing. So maybe it helps them prepare a little bit for it's pretty rough <laughs> end of the season for them. It, it seems like so. 
I rolled with uh, two teams that we haven't actually mentioned at all, really, on the podcast yet, and that is uh, Princeton at Denison. Mm-hmm. That is on September 28th. Um, you know, if we, listen, if form holds and, you know, the aforementioned three teams, where you like to also love Joey, if they are, in fact, going to be the top three in the district, knows what order they finish. Um, you know, some early projections, you know, seem to indicate that, uh, you know, Princeton and Denison could potentially be battling it out for that last playoff spot. I don't want to discount Braswell either. You know, Braswell has 15 starters back, and they're only in their third year as a varsity program, so it stands to reason that they're just going to keep, you know, right. improving and whatnot. But um, looking at that, uh, Denison is, like, an interesting case because, I don't know if you guys knew this, Denison won eight games last year, mm-hmm. and that is the second most of the nine teams that are in this district as far as last season's success. Um, you know, they... Uh, We've already talked a little bit about Princeton and the success that they had, you know, at the 4A level, you know, notably uh, 2016 that went over, you know, Salina, and they're going to be making the jump up. Um, you know, these two teams kind of project to be in that mix for that last playoff spot. It could just be a fun game in general. I mean, Princeton's offense returned seven starters. They averaged nearly 33 points per game last year, and I know that Denison lost a ton on offense. I believe they've only got, like, three starters back, but that's a unit that's traditionally been pretty solid. I think I, uh, you know, checked, and they've, um, they've averaged at least 34 points per game each of the last five seasons. So they do have the penchant for, you know, for reloading and just maintaining some pretty consistent output on that side of the ball. So if nothing else, it could just be a fun, you know, good old-fashioned shootout. And, yeah, if form holds, you know, if these preseason projections are to be, uh, you know, taken, uh, you know, a little bit more than a grain of salt in this, the winner of that game could very well have the inside track on that last playoff spot. And I've been told, I don't know anything about Denison other than this, I've been told it's a tough place to play. It's okay. a really hostile environment, Ooh. and some of the Frisco coaches are looking I mean, they, forward to their teams, you know, venturing a little bit out of Frisco because yeah. they've only been playing, you know, in the three Which stadiums. Is, it's funny because back when you know I was at Frisco Centennial, we were, I guess, my first year playing varsity baseball. We were in a district with Sherman and Denison, and that is, I mean, it's a long way. It's you know, it takes a solid hour, possibly more, depending on traffic, to get up there. Um, and it, I mean, their baseball team wasn't great when we played them but I mean there is something about traveling that far and and being in a hostile environment especially with football Mm -hmm. um, and having to kind of you know really get out of your comfort zone that you know who knows and playing these teams that are a one team town you know like Frisco they steered away from that obviously with 10 schools you go for this Denison or Sherman you know that's all they got up there when it comes to high school football Mm -hmm. so they're going to be they're going to be loud and they're going to be proud so it should be interesting let's talk our initial preseason predictions as far as these district standings go which four teams from this district that we've just spent the last what you know 40 minutes or so discussing who do we feel like is going to make the playoffs how do we who do we think is going to win the district title what what is our predicted order of finish brian my judgment on lovejoy maybe isn't too fair because i saw them play last year when carson collins and i believe it was rainy the running back mm-hmm. they were both out with injury against wakeland mm-hmm. and they just demolish them and it wasn't during that 0 and 5 stretch so I didn't see them you know when they were tearing things up at the end of the year going into the playoffs and all that stuff so I'm going to put them in third out of the trio the Lake Dallas Reedy uh, Lovejoy trio I'm going to go with Reedy number one I think they have you know even more to prove this year they want to prove that last year wasn't a fluke you know they have a lot of returners coming back you know Josh Foskey and a bunch of other guys that were impact players as juniors they're going to be even better as seniors and I think they're they, they're a little angry with <laughs> the, the Lake Dallas outcome. And I think they get the best of Lake Dallas, and uh, they take the top spot. The fourth spot, it's, you know, don't know too much about Denison or, or, or Princeton. Uh, besides Princeton beat Salina a couple years ago, that's, that's about it. But 
I guess flip a coin for that last spot. I, I don't anticipate, you know, Frisco uh, making that leap uh, after an 0-10 season to that fourth spot just yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe next year in 2019, we'll see. Four eleven on trail, but I just don't think it's their time just yet. Mm -hmm. So either Denison Princeton combo at, at four or five. All right, Taylor, where did you land on your top four? Uh, well, the top three should come as no surprise if you've been listening to us uh, at all so far. Uh, it was a combination of Wake, Dallas, Reedy, and Lovejoy. I also have uh, Lovejoy in third, um, and it's a team I'm familiar with and a team that I think could easily find its way to uh, second place or even first place, but, but this is a prediction based more on just kind of where things stand now. Um, the teams as they enter, um, I think we all would kind of agree that that top three could go a number of directions depending on it could all swing on one game or two games. So, um, but my my early standings would be uh, I think Leak Dallas. Uh, will win the district. I think that having Reedy come to them, uh, having beaten Reedy last year, um, there's certainly uh, you know a, a something to be said for Reedy wanting that kind of being out for blood and and, and wanting to kind of avenge that loss. Uh, but at the same time, I think Ryan Depperschmidt is is really dynamic. I think he's he separates himself a little bit. Um, not even necessarily saying you know better or worse, but from the other two quarterbacks, and that Foskey is very much you know an arm, and and Collins is very much a pro style quarterback uh, and Depperschmidt had 39 total touchdowns last year like he is a he's a threat to run the ball uh, he's a threat to throw the ball uh, and Michael Young at Lake Dallas that's actually something he touched on is that um, as much as they love what Depperschmidt brings they also want to kind of involve you know more people in the running game and, and try to spread things out a little bit more um, but I think Lake Dallas um, edges Reedy. I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, and I think that, that they have the veteran presence to to kind of withstand uh, everything else and, and win the district with Reedy coming in just behind. Lovejoy in third. And then I went ahead and went uh, with Princeton for the fourth spot. I think that they'll make the jump to 5A fine. Um, I think that they, you know, they obviously beat Salina two years ago, competed with them last year, uh, got a taste of Reedy last year, and, and lost, I think, by 20 or so, but still, you know, not, not a blowout. So I'll, I'll go with Princeton tentatively there at, at number four. So that's my, my final order, I guess. <laughs> For me, um, like you guys, I have some combination of Reedy, like Dallas, and Lovejoy in my top three. I ended up, um, you know, ways back when, as I think we, uh, was, this might have been a question that we had during our question series within the, uh, you know, within the district. Um, I I feel like of the uh, of those three, um, just judging on what they were able to do last year, and given that all three of these teams return a great deal, mm -hmm. so it stands to reason that there should be some carryover in statistical output. Um, I know obviously they all three came from a different district, so you know you got to factor in opposition and whatnot. But I do feel like of those three, the highest ceiling on both sides of the ball is actually in Reedy's favor. Um, of the uh, of the nine teams in this district, they actually finished highest of all nine of them in total offense and total defense um, and again they've got a lot back just like these other schools do but um, I do think that that collective experience plus they were the last year in probably I would say top to bottom probably the toughest of the uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's either them or 15-5 I'm trying to go back and forth which district might have been tougher last year but um, I mean obviously to finish second in the Frisco ISD district is mm -hmm. uh, you know a pretty salty output in its own right and um, if they're able to maintain that consistency I just do think that um, as close as these three teams are I think the ceiling might be a little bit higher for Reedy so I gave them the nod for the uh, for the top spot 
spot. I went Lake Dallas number two, uh, Lovejoy number three. You guys have clarified your reasons why you know those two programs fall where they do. I don't need to rehash any of that. I um, and then I settled on at Denison for the uh, for the fourth spot. Just to, you know, going on a you know a hunch with their um, you know the the success they had last year, winning eight games, and the fact that their offense, despite losing a ton, has you know traditionally been able to reload just fine, like I mentioned earlier. And I think that'll be enough to make the difference in the end. And that will um, that'll close the book on District Seven Five A Division Two. And for our uh, the five A portion of our um, of our high school football preview podcast. So um, that, that'll do it for this week. Um, we'll be back on Monday to discuss. Um, well, actually, I think we've got two six A districts on the docket for there. So uh, make sure y'all are uh, apprised to uh, to check that out. Um, Brian, appreciate you for swinging by. Taylor, you the same, folks. You enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see y'all next week, and um, yeah, we'll talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.